Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. We're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 10. And I'm going to start right into it, uh, looking at verse 1. We're going to go from 1 to 10. So if you've got your Bibles, fine. If not, we'll have some of the um, uh, scriptures up on the screen. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus went into the desert. And if you remember just a little bit before, he was being baptized by John, and the heavens opened up, and, G- and God told him, this is my son who I am well pleased. And now, in Matthew chapter 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the, into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Number two, verse 2. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became hungry. Let's just pray. Father, this morning, your word is packed with truth. It is packed with freedom. It is packed with love. And we ask you this morning as we open it up that you will reveal to us what you want to say to me and the rest of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was trying to work out why would God want to talk about peace this morning and rest? Particularly, uh, I guess this morning when we were praying, there were two prayers that kind of confirmed that that God wants to talk to us this morning about peace and rest. You know, we're living in a time where there's lots of uncertainty in the world. I mean, you just look at the news. It's very heartbreaking to see what's happening in Ukraine and how the world leaders are talking to each other. The world leaders who have their finger on a button that can destroy mankind. And as a psychologist, I've come to learn that our bodies were not meant to have to cope with that kind of information. It is not meant to cope with the kind of world events that are happening in our world today or in our communities. You know, as a psychologist, you study the brain and the way God put our brains together. You know, there's so much now in the, in the professional field of psychology about trauma, trauma-informed practices, the window of tolerance, because people are not able to cope. Our bodies were not designed to cope with the kinds of things that are happening in our world today. But the Bible gives us some beautiful how to cope with what's happening in the world today. So we're going to look at a couple of those verses that talks about peace. So if you have your Bibles, but if not... um, Phoebe's going to put it up on the screen. We're going to look at John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give you. Now this is Jesus talking to his disciples just before he was to go to be crucified. He was trying to set the scene for when he went back to the Father, he would actually, uh, he would leave us with some gems as to how we are to cope with society that we live in. I do not give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. There's so much fear. So much fear. I keep wondering, why does the news just put out fear? Fear. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he has done. Then you will evidence God's peace, which exceeds anything, anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As I was looking at this, I, I really believe God made us so that we can uh, default. Where we actually exist or be is rest and peace. Particularly in a time now, where there's so much happening around us, the uncertainty, I believe that God is wanting each of his believers to find a position of rest and peace. I'm just going to read something from um, George Mueller. I was actually sent to this a few days ago. And George Mueller, as you probably know, was a missionary back in the 1800s. And this is what he says after a very long time on this planet, kind of like me. Uh, you come to understand some things that you didn't even know in your 40s and your 50s. You don't know those things. But George Mueller wrote this. According to my judgment, the most important point to be attended to is this. Above all things, seek to it that you, your souls are happy in the Lord. Our souls are happy in the Lord. Other things may press upon you. The Lord's work may even have urgent claims upon your attention. But I deliberately repeat, it is of supreme and paramount importance that you should seek above all things to have your souls truly happy in God himself. Day by day, Seek to make this the most important business of your life. This has been my firm and settled condition for the last, he says, five and 30 years. In other words, 35 years. I guess that's the way they wrote back in the 1800s. <laughs> Is it possible to find a position of peace and rest? I believe some of you have experienced that. You've had things going on around you. And you have said things like this. 
I don't know, but I have a peace about it. That's the position God wants us, to have rest and peace. Rest and peace. I just did a little research, my time of fasting and praying, and I found that rest is mentioned something like 257 times in the Bible. Peace is mentioned 329 times in the Bible. It was mentioned back in the, t in the book of Genesis. And God stressed that after a certain time of activity, we need to find rest and peace. Now, is it possible to find rest and peace? Yes, it is. In such a time as it is now, Yes, it is. To have peace with your soul. To have peace with my soul. Is it easy? No. We have to strive for it. We have to pursue it. We have to be intentional about it. And God's word is true. So I would not be reading it and telling you it is so. It is possible to find rest and peace in God. And the book of Isaiah says, 26, verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stay on thee, because he trusted thee. He will keep us in perfect peace if our minds, not our brains, not the brain, but the mind stay on him. Is it possible? In a time when the leaders of the world have their fingers on the atomic bomb, is it a time when threats are being made across the face of the earth? Is it possible? Yes. Because God says so. God says so. The second thing I would like us to see is, or the thing I would like to see is God's desire for us. This is the takeaway. God's desire for us is to have rest and peace. If it were not so, God would not have said it. Trust in God. Verse 3. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, The scripture says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, what Jesus was trying to teach us there is that while he was fasting, he was hungry. He was vulnerable. But you see, that's the way the enemy will work. He will get you at your lowest point. He will come and he will tempt you at your lowest point. You see, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was hungry. And that's when the enemy appeared. At that particular time, 40 days and 40 nights. 
His body was desiring food because he was hungry and he was vulnerable. And then Jesus answered. He says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the word of, from the mouth of God. You see, what Jesus was showing us here is that we have to live in a body that have needs, desires. But we also live in a body that has a mind, it has an emotion, it has the capacity to make decisions. We're made in the image of God. We have a soul, we have a spirit, and we have a physical body. We are made in the image of God. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, and this, because we live in a physical world, the devil is going to use physical things to attract our physical bodies to promote his cause. And his cause is to disrupt what God is wanting to do in this world and in our lives. In Galatians chapter 5, so when the world begins to become vulnerable, it begins to respond to the things of the world, then in the world, Galatians chapter 5 really expresses exactly where we're going to be, where the world will, will be. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, which means excessive indulgence in sex, alcohol, and drugs. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discords, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. It's all there. It's all there. You see, when Jesus was hungry at his most vulnerable point, the devil came to him. And that's what he does to me. And that's what he would do to you. At your most vulnerable point, he will come up with something that will take you out of the purposes of Jesus Christ. For such a time as this, if there ever was a time that God is moving and God is speaking and God is using opportunity, it is now. You see, as a psychologist, they cannot handle, or the world, the way the world deals with mental health or things where we don't have the right perspective, what will happen is that it'll break down. Did you know the mental health system is breaking down? Did you know the mental health system cannot cope with the things that are happening to people in this day and age? Did you know that psychologists are closing their books for six months? Did you know that around the world, the reason I know this is because I have to go to workshops and talk to people in England, the U.S., in these workshops, and they're all saying the same thing. They are not coping with what's happening 
to people in this day and age. About 50 years ago, there was a guy named Avon Toffler, and he wrote a book called Future Shock. Now, I can't remember if he was a Christian or not. I don't think he was. But he was able to see 70, back in 1970 that in 50 years' time, what would happen, people would be moving into a place where they would be shocked. Shocked. He called it future shock. I can tell you now, I can tell you now, people are in shock because the body, God did not make our body. He did not make our brain to be able to cope with the kinds of things that are around us. And so therefore we're in shock. Now we're in the future. We're shocked. And yet God is making it clear in his word that no matter what the circumstances, we can actually combat shock. We can actually combat making sure we have the right perspective so that we can stay aligned with what God is wanting to do on this planet through his people. And the enemy knows that. The enemy comes to kill your dreams, your future. He comes to destroy relationships, churches. But Jesus has come to give life, to give peace, to give rest, to give us a future and a hope. And as we experience those things in our own lives, we then begin to help others experience hope. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of Christians I've seen a lot of non-believers. And at the end of the day, no matter what brings them into my situation, most important thing that they're looking for, usually they come in perspective out of whack. They got the wrong perspective. And they come in, and we start to really get perspective and then what they say, you know, I hear, I hear this all the time. You know, the most important thing is what you gave me was hope. Was hope. You know, the kids in Altar One, what they tell the teachers, what they express to the teachers, they come from all kinds of backgrounds. Backgrounds that would just melt your heart. But what they tell the staff, they have hope. The staff gives them hope. And you see, that's what God gives us. When we go to his word and we pray and we look at his word and we see that our future is not on this planet, it's, it's, not, it's not the end of our 70 or 80 years that we have on this planet, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. So we have hope. We have hope, and people are looking for hope. There was a lady by the name of Lisa Ross. She's a writer, publisher, and she wrote this. I've learned that showing gratitude 
in the midst of tribulation changes the atmosphere. Have you ever experienced, some of you I know have, you got all the stuff going on and you just start to praise God or you start to put a worship tape on. What happens to the atmosphere? It changes. It changes. A grateful heart and acknowledgement that life can be a whole lot worse allows us to release control and pride. Gratitude may not change the situation, but it takes our aim off our current situation and alters how we show up to that situation. In other words, we get the right perspective. You know, Sue and I had the opportunity to go to Africa before the COVID. It's about two, two years ago. We went there. We got a lot of things in perspective. Because what we experience here in this country and what they experience there is a difference between night and day. Sue works in a center. In that center, when I go in there, usually around Christmas time, I get perspective. To the point I can actually say every morning I get up, I am so thankful. I go for a walk, I am so thankful. And I can sense around me the attitude, the atmosphere changes. I've been doing that a long time. If it were not so, God would not say it. In the book of James, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your, of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Because when we read and put things in perspective, God has given us everything we need to pursue what he wants for us to do on this planet. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. I, I used to think it was money. No, it's more than that. Much more than what we can think or imagine, he'll just add it unto you. He will give us life and give it to us to the fullest. So what is God wanting? He wants us to choose to be thankful in all circumstances. To be thankful in all circumstances. 
So Jesus was led. He was tempted. Sorry, tested. And now he's tempted. Then the devil took him, in verse 5, the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the... If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So what does Jesus do? He goes back to the word of God. He gets perspective. And he says, the scripture says you must not test the Lord your God. You must not test the Lord, your God. Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read Exodus chapter 17, verse 1 to 7. It's kind of a paraphrase. Um, it says, then the sons of Israel, you remember Israel, um, God used um, Moses to go into Egypt to be able to free the Israelites. And so once Moses had uh, went before Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 17, verse 1, that's kind of condensed for the sake of time. Then the sons of Israel camped at a reprehendum, and there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test me? Well, sorry, why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now? Have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with, th with thirst? And he named the place Massa, which means test, and Mirabah, which means quarrel. Because the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? You see, what begins to happen is when we get to a place where it gets a bit difficult and we, you know, drift away. It can happen to any of us. That's why the Lord says, work hard. Don't, don't, for, don't forsake not coming to church. Come to church. That's where we get encouragement from. That's where we hear what God is saying. We, we, get, we, we start to get perspective. But what, what can start to happen is that when we start to quarrel, as the Israelites do, with God, and we start to question him, we'll lose perspective. We'll start to say things like, is the Lord among us as they did? Is the Lord among us or not? Is God real? Would such a loving God be letting me go through this? Would such a loving God being allow, or will allow what happens, what's happening in, in Ukraine? He, he'll start you to question. And yet, 
God knows what he's doing. He's not causing all of that. Man, no. We got an enemy. God is love. You see, when we get into a place and it gets tough, we can come to a place to say, the question, is God really in this? Should I be here? Should I be there? He will cause you to question. Am I doing the right thing? When we test God, we can move to a headspace of questioning whether God is there or even if he really is real. We can lose perspective. You see, when Pharaoh let God's people go, they were going to, they were going to the promised land. And as you probably know the story, God didn't take the Israelites straight to the promised land. He took the long way around. You know, sometimes in our lives, I question this as well. When I was in, in the war, Vietnam, I had some situations happening, and I started looking for God. For a whole year and a half, I couldn't find God. And I questioned, what the heck? What, what, you know, I'm looking for it. You know, all the things a Christian should. I was eight, a year and a half, I'm chasing after God, trying to find him. Trying to read the Bible, didn't make sense. Trying to make sense of church, didn't make sense. And then I get back to the U.S., had everything, new car, new clothes, lots of money. I had everything. And then recently it dawned on me, just recently, why God took me the long way around. Maybe I think if I would have found God in Vietnam, once I left, I probably would have left him. But he didn't want me to come to him in times of trouble. Yes, he does want that. But he allowed me to find him when everything was going good. Everything was going great. And when I heard God said, he said, do you need me now? Garfield, you know, way back there, yeah, you, you, you could have lost your life. You, all this happened. You were that close to death. Yep. You needed me then from your perspective. But then I get back, and I got all these great things happening. And then he asked the question, do you need me now? He took me the long way around because he knew me. And that's what he did to the people of Israel. He could have taken them straight to the promised land. But what would have happened is that if if they didn't go to, uh, if they were gone to straight to the promised land, Pharaoh would have caught up with them, surrounded them, and taken them, taken them out. But he took them a different way. On that straight line, what would have happened is that the Philistines were on that route, and even back then, before Goliath, the Philistines didn't like the Israelites. So God took them another way. 
because God knew exactly what the Israelites would do. They would start quarreling. Why are you taking us out of Israel, out of uh, Egypt? We, we should go back. At least we have water. See, sometimes when we leave a certain situation that God has taken us to, we may not, it may not make sense because to us we should go straight. But God says, no, I know you. I'm going to take you another way. That way is not going to make sense to you, but I know you. It's going to be a different way so that we won't quarrel so much with him. We won't try to understand his ways because God's way is not our way. What I want to take away from this part is that sometimes God will take us the long way around. It may not make sense, but he knows you. It's the long way around. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things, you know this one, all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Everything that happens to the believer that's aligned with God is all good. It's for, for, the, it's for your good. It's for my good. If you take us a long way around, if we're in a situation we don't quite understand, Stay in touch. Stay in touch. And it will work out for good. And the last thing, verse 9, verse uh, 8. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll, I'll give I'll give all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And then Jesus said, get out of here, Satan. The scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now in closing, Jesus was led to the desert, a difficult place. The people of Israel were led through the desert, a difficult place. He was tempted. He was tested. And when he had come to the place, and the devil gave up. It says then in verse 11, Then the devil went away, and angels came and ministered to him. Now, Carl, I don't know what he, Are you in here, Carl? No. Okay, I was going to get some music here, but that's okay. <clears throat> The devil went away, and the angels came and ministered to him. The angels came and ministered to him. Did you know 
word of God says, in this world, we will have trouble. It's just part of life. There's life and there's death, there's tragedy. So we're going to have those things. But he says, look, take courage. Here's hope. He's, he's overcome those things. Even death, he's overcome. This life on this earth, this natural life, is not the end. It's just a season. So no matter, no matter what we experience on this side of heaven, at the end of the day, the angels of the Lord is going to come and minister to us as he did with Jesus. There is something about the way God leads us. There's something about the way he loves us. There's something about the way he communicates to us. In the book of Romans it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. It's not just money. Plans not to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.